0: Hey, Hound Dogs, I'm David Hankins. And I'm Paul Hankins. And welcome to On the Air with Power Squared. Uh, this week, we're going to do something a little different. I think we've done this before. We're going to talk about a comics that we like. And we're going to start with Watchmen. Yes. So, uh, Watchmen was a comic book that was um, written by Alan Moore, illustrated by D- Dave Gibbons, and colored by John Higgins. Uh, it was for her DC. Back in 1987.
1: Yeah, well, 1986 to
0: 1987. Right. Okay. And uh, was considered, um, or is considered now, to be kind of a one of the big, one of the big ones that come out of that decade.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: So, you want to talk a little bit about why it's considered so important?
1: Uh, or significant? <laughs> well, we're not experts. No. On Watchmen, but uh, it's significant because uh, at the time it was this. Uh, well, even I guess even now, it's a deconstruction of superheroes. Uh, these characters aren't necessarily uh, people that are role models. Uh, they do uh, morally uh, negative or morally gray things. Uh, like Doctor Manhattan is also a kind of person who's just detached from mm-hmm. reality because of how powerful he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also uh, is very visually dense uh it played around with a lot of uh visual themes and uh panel layouts and uh just panel content right and it also had a comic within the comic tales from the black freighter that uh kind of reinforced a lot of the thematic elements of what was happening in the comic at the time right wow
0: pretty good you went to college <laughs> um yeah so um we were actually looking at some issues uh pre-show we have uh we read this a number of years ago so it's not like it's fresh on our our memories and that's why we're not experts <laughs> but, you know, and we're not claiming to be we're just having the things we like so if we say something that you disagree with well you're probably right <laughs> <laughs> um so um we we're looking at some of the issues actually the trade um before the show and we're not seeing that yeah the the layouts are pretty the panels are pretty standard it's what's in the panels that's really the
1: yeah and then uh there's the i forget which issue number it is but specifically the issue uh fearful symmetry mm-hmm. uh does something unique where to it where uh the entire issue is uh laid out in a mirrored panel layout
0: okay yeah, it was, it's, so there, there are things that you can do with it, even within a standard, you know, yeah.
1: that would be revolutionary at the yeah, time. You could tell from reading it that they were they, uh, very carefully constructed it. <laughs> right. Um, so how did we become aware of watching it?
0: Yeah, well, uh, there was a, a movie going to be made about it, which we kind of heard about. But uh, the actual comic itself, uh, we didn't really become aware of it until 2008. Uh, we were going to Comic-Con... Uh, and I think the first panel we were planning on seeing was Tite Kubo from Bleach, yeah. who was making his only U.S. trip.
1: Yeah, it was a rare American appearance, so it was a big deal, and that's why I was interested in that.
0: Right. And we, I guess there was a long line, so we you kind of, which we, which has become a pattern for us. If you want to see somebody really special, you need to sit through some other panels to get there. Yeah. And uh, that's sort of a standard operating procedure for us now. Uh, Back then, we were just sort of, you know, white-eyed and bushy-tailed or whatever. (laughs) But uh, we uh, ended up uh, sitting... uh, So, actually, the first panel we saw was uh, watching The Watchmen, which is uh, this book, uh, which Dave Gibbons uh, is one of the co-authors of, I guess. And uh, he was there along with uh, Chip Kidd. They were talking about this book, and everybody is like, woo ah," you know. <laughs> like, okay, so maybe we should actually read it. Read it. So, of course, we have the book, um, but I think we got that after the event. So, we found the trade paper. That, Yes. yes. And so we, I think, I'll, you and me and Trevor all read this. Yeah. Um, and so it's you know. And this is, of course, kind of a, you know, you're waiting for something to be collected. And this is obviously old. Yeah. So we uh, ended up eventually uh, buying the individual issues. Uh, I guess the original issues. Yeah. And uh, as an example, there's um, yeah. uh, one of 12. And uh, we had it signed by Dave Givens uh, in 2014 at Comic-Con as well. So he was there, I think, hyping something else. And yeah. I was like, I have all these issues. Could you sign them? And and I believe um, the uh, colorist was also there, but I didn't have any clue how to get a hold of him. So. Yeah. Anyway, so that's and. But
1: well, that's still pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So a little brush with greatness. So um, prepping for the movie, we read the trade, yes. and we also watched uh, the motion comic. Right. Which is over here somewhere. What did do, do with it? Anyway, oh down here. We we'll watched the motion comic watchman. It's in here. We ended up getting the collection. So if you're listening to this, we're showing things. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Blu-ray of the Motion uh, watch- Comic. Yeah. Which we watched prior to the movie, and then when we we bought the set, it came with it, so we... Yeah. That's why it's in that. Um, and then we, uh, I want to say we also... did we watch... Black Freighter came after that?
1: Uh... Uh, yeah, Black Freighter then came after the movie. Right. So we actually watched the
0: motion comic for that.
1: And I believe we also watched Under the Hood. Right. When it came out, of course. Yes.
0: We were very into it at the time. Uh, so we know, we saw the movie three times. Yes. Uh, different cuts each time.
1: Uh, the first time was the original theatrical cut.
0: Which is 162 minutes. And, of course, Zack Snyder was the director. Yes. So you know there has to be a longer version somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and there was. And uh, I want to say it was this. We were talking about this earlier, so I'm not making this up. But what we saw like Harry a Harry Potter movie in the yeah. day, and then went to see this at the uh, um, Chinese uh, Six. Yeah. They had a, the director's cut showing. I think my, my wife Nancy, I think, was kind of pushing us to go see it at the <laughs> time. <laughs> um, so we went and saw that. And then we bought the even longer collection um, that we we're just showing you. So we, we have the ultimate cut, which is um, like 186 minutes long. That also includes...
1: It also includes the uh, Tales from the Black Freighter incorporated into it in the same spot where it was in the original comic, and they even uh, filmed extra shots of the character from the comic reading Tales from the Black Freighter to transition into it. Right.
0: So we were very much immersed in this. Yeah. So...
1: um, what did we think of the movie? Well, it's been a long time since we saw it. Uh, yeah. but I remember generally liking it. Uh, it what helped was uh, I think what helped was some of the casting was really good, like uh, Jack Earl Haley as Rorschach. Yeah, so he nice. was he was the perfect casting out of everyone in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and, and, and I think delivered, I think, what may be our favorite line of the yeah, films.
1: I'm not locked in here with you, you're locked in here with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but I didn't mind that, I didn't. I generally didn't mind that the movie stuck close to the comic, because that was kind of the point. So I guess I just appreciated it for what it was. Uh, it had some really good sequences in it, I think. And, uh, it was, I guess that's interesting what you get when you use the comic as storyboards.
0: Yeah, so basically, yeah, didn't Zack Snyder use yeah. the, the comic book as a storyboard, so I guess yeah, very, very close. Yeah. Though so he did change the ending.
1: Yeah. Um, spoilers? Or no spoilers?
0: We're going to go on the fact that you've probably heard of this before, and if you haven't, you know, cover yours.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, in the comic, uh, it ends with, uh, Ozymandias, Mm -hmm. uh, summoning a giant, giant squid thing, which is supposed to unite humanity against a common, like, extraterrestrial threat, uh, in the movie that was changed to, uh, Dr. Man- uh, Turning Mankind Against Dr. Manhattan. Uh... I remember the explanation at the time was, uh, Zack, Sn- Zack Snyder himself said he loved the giant squid in the comic, but he didn't think that would, uh, he thought that in the movie that would clash with the tone of the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, Which, uh, I can respect that decision based on his explanation. So, um, Though f- so I can definitely understand why some people wouldn't like it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean... It- Again, it, you—it's kind of interesting that you hewn so close to the the um, the comic book and then very often veer off at the
1: very end. But
0: yeah. I would imagine that you could pull off a giant squid, yeah, with CGI and all that kind of stuff. I mean, well, certainly now you could. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe they'll remake it. Okay. <laughs> um, anybody else performance that stood out for you?
1: Um see off the top of my head uh probably uh the actors for dr manhattan and ozymandias i thought were good
0: Mhm. i did too
1: again it's been a while since i've seen the performances yeah
0: um but it's it's uh it was it was a very well it was very well done the yep. movie and i'm sure that's kind of what led to them handing the dc universe over to him yeah that in 300
1: yeah well uh 300 he did 300 before he did watchmen because mm. i remember in watchmen he actually snuck in a 300 reference by having the number 300 on a apartment door
0: mm. yeah okay <laughs> um very subtle but um
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so I me, mean, I, I would imagine that that led to them saying hey He could do this. Yeah. (laughs) Here's the keys to the kingdom. And, you know, kind of (coughs) crashed
1: and burned. Anyway. Uh, Interestingly, uh, Alan Moore himself did not approve of the movie adaptation. Then again, he doesn't approve of most adaptations of his work. Right. Uh, However, the one adaptation of it that he did approve of was uh, this really funny uh, Harry Partridge cartoon called uh, Saturday Morning Watchmen. And based on how based on all the jokes in it, it shows that Harry has a very deep understanding of Watchmen. (laughs) Like, it's... Hey, take Watchmen and try to present it as a Saturday morning cartoon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, these... uh, Basically, as you point out, these aren't characters... It's sort of like you don't want to meet your hero, is the old saying. Yeah. Because these are not... You know, these are not really
1: likable people <laughs> yeah they're not really
0: saturday morning cartoon people obviously either yeah yeah unless you're you know you're watching adult yeah. swim or something <laughs> okay so Watchmen continued <laughs> after yes. the fact um and we got um at least i was interested in the before the Watchmen uh series that came out yeah and i Bought every variant and all that that was that was out at our local comic book store. I'm yeah. sure there were other variants that we I never saw, but I did buy them all, and I did get some of those signed by some of the writers. Um, and I guess one of the, one of them we got was Lynn Ween, yeah. who has now left us. Um, he was kind of I always thought it was kind of interesting. He's kind of a local local guy. Yeah, and he was pretty. Uh, Willing to, um, you know, talk to you and stuff. It was it was very nice. Yeah. But so we
1: had some of these.
0: Uh, what was it before Watchmen? Is it also watchmen.
1: So while you're looking for <laughs> something, something. What you jo- did you think of Before Watchmen?
0: Uh, I enjoyed it. I I um, it was, I I like kind of history. Yeah. And it was sort of this idea that you were kind of getting into the history of... So these are some of the before Watchmen uh, books. Um, You were getting into the sort of the history of something. It sort of seemed like... um, Because they sort of hint at, you know, they're they're not the first Watchmen. Yeah. And so you kind of wonder what went on before. And so these kind of uh, explained that pretty well. And they get into some of it, some of the characters, backstories of some of the characters, so it's a little more involved. Um, it was it was very enjoyable. I enjoyed reading it, uh, keeping up with it. Um, but when that was over, I kind of yeah yeah <laughs> um, stopped caring.
1: The well, comp stopped following it. Yeah,
0: the the comic book continued with uh, Doomsday Clock. Yeah, and. I kept thinking, I'll just wait for a trade.
1: Yeah. And I kind of forgot about it. I mean, All I know it's there, I just yeah. have a- my understanding, uh, Doomsday Clock was basically DC trying to uh, integrate the Watchmen cast into the DC universe, mm-hmm. including uh, trying to use that as an explanation for how the new 52 happened. I'm not going to spoil how. Okay. I haven't read it myself, right. but I read about... Right yeah
0: right, so we should at some point I guess maybe buy the trades and catch up with that, yeah, but in this day and age of franchises, uh, nothing goes un done, done <laughs> or unsequeled yeah. or whatever you want to say, and so they didn't make another movie, but they did make a mini series
1: or a series yeah for HBO. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, which maybe maybe it, it fit in better to the Doomsday Clock, but it it just sort of was it just seemed so sort of totally not related to anything I was had remembered from Watchmen. You yeah, know? and so I I really never watched it.
1: Yeah, the only thing I really know about is that apparently it's supposed to be a sequel to Watchmen, but I don't know how that would work.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's different characters. I mean, they killed off most of the main characters, or a lot of them. Yeah. And, you know, so I I was just like, well, how do you continue the story? with? So I think they introduced a lot of new characters, and it just sort of seemed like, I don't know where you... Yeah. At some point, it's sort of like with the Marvel Universe. We watched all those movies, and now I'm not really sure I really to keep watching too many of them going yeah. forward. Yeah. You know, you got my dollar. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: like with the MCU, we sort of felt like we did our due diligence.
0: Yeah, we we watched them all, even the ones we thought were kind of like homework. Yeah, um, and um, yeah, at some point it was just okay. I'm done.
1: That's a story for another time. Yes, <laughs>
0: yes it is. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, what is your so what did, what do you think about Watchmen?
1: Uh, in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Watchmen is a good read. Um, it's not for everyone, obviously, because of the content in it. It's a little more adult. Yeah. Uh, but if you can handle it, then it's uh, it's a good comic to look at now. Uh, because, well, I don't know how much of a Cold War stuff is still relevant, but... Uh, it's an interesting, uh, darker take on superheroes without trying, like, too hard to be dark. It's just, uh, Alan Moore was exploring a different side of superheroes.
0: And it was also interesting, I mean, the, it's an altered, re- it's based in an altered reality. Yeah. I mean, yes, the Cold War's going on, but Nixon was out of the picture by the time they, w- this would have taken place. Yeah. Um... So that was kind of it was kind of interesting. I mean, I, I I don't mind it when they sort of change things a little bit to yeah. make the story because it's obviously fantasy um, uh, happen. But that was kind of an interesting take that it's like it, it just seemed weird for me to make yeah you know, have Nixon still be there. But
1: and there are uh, some iconic moments that are worth uh, reading for, mm-hmm. like uh, towards the end, for example, uh, Ozymandias. Saying like I already did it 35 minutes ago, mm-hmm. like that was a really powerful moment, and it's still a powerful moment that gets referenced right to this day. <laughs> okay.
0: So um, here's the question to bring it all back home: uh, Has there has Watchmen had any influence on Power Square?
1: Uh, I think in a small way it has. Okay. Um... Looking, flipping through the trade again after a few years, we noticed how uh, it can get a little wordy, but uh, not excessively wordy. Uh,
0: like, Are you saying that Power Squared is wordy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, not ex- perhaps excessively wordy like our yeah, earlier issues. Yeah, the early
0: issues are very wordy.
1: But uh, we took what Alan Moore said about uh, you know, ps- uh, word balloons and panels to heart. And we tried to uh, control the um, the amount of dialogue and have it uh, be enough to have an impact mm-hmm. without overdoing it. Right.
0: And even even now when we're going over the, the thumbnails and the pages, we still look at the script and go, oh, we can take that word out and that word out. Yeah. <laughs> so count the words and make sure we're not going over, was it 25? Yeah. Um, so yeah it, it it has had a little effect on us and I also think that we're kind of um, our heroes are, are a little different than your normal heroes is these guys were they're not um, er, you know uh, irre- irreprehensible characters <laughs> uh, but uh, they're not your typical uh, superheroes right um, our, our guys don't dress up in in costumes or capes and that kind of stuff. They just sort of do it. So, which I, I think is kind of, you know, taking it a little step further and making it a little more, um, you know, yeah, different. Um, so, you know, I think, it. it of course, anything you read uh, does have some sort of, you know, it kind of ends up in your head somewhere.
1: Yeah, like uh, the book I'm writing, I actually uh, referenced that uh, scene I mentioned mm-hmm. with uh, Ozymandias right. because uh, I thought... I thought it would actually fit uh, in well with what the, I guess you could say, the bad guy was doing.
0: Okay. Well, so, you know, it does, it permeates. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so we would recommend if you have a chance to read it, to pick it up. Um, So, uh, next week we're planning on, because this is the Friday before Free Comic Book Day. Yeah. So, we're going to try to go to the local... Comic book store, and see if we can pick up uh, two or three free things. Yes. And then next week, talk about them. Yeah. Review them. So you know what did we pick and why, and what do we think of the story? Did it draw you in? The whole idea, I assume, of free comic book day is to get you to want to read more. Yeah. And it's sort of a, you know, how do a jumping in point, hopefully. Yeah. So we'll find out.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: All right. All right, so until next time, I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. And you've been on the air with Power Squared.